Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 353 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the time that my tennis feel completely disappeared. And I'm also going to give you the solution and how I've learned how to deal with this happening. This is not the only time it's happened. In fact, it's happened to me many times in the last several decades, sometimes very dramatically. And I've learned how to keep it from being dramatic and instead bounce back very quickly, now within a matter of like minutes. And so I'd love to share with you how I've made that possible for myself, because I know a lot of players out there struggle with losing confidence in a shot or losing their feel for a shot. Maybe you've heard of the phrase, having the the yips. All of a sudden, there starts to be like a, a quick, like, jagged edge or rough kind of corner to a stroke that's normally super smooth and confident, and you totally lose your confidence in the shot. So this happened to me most recently, just a couple weeks ago, when we were in Costa Rica with students for a week. It was five days in a row of coaching, all day, every day, Monday through Friday, with with six students. And the environment there, for me, kind of lends itself to being kind of uncomfortable in the first place for, for three different reasons. Three different things were kind of working against me, being comfortable on the court relative to what I'm normally used to or comfortable with. First, the ra- the racket that I took, I-, I really like full polyester string beds. I like really uh, dead, very um, kind of tight racket face feel. So I-, I-, I hate synthetic gut. I hate anything that's like softer. I, I like my string face to be really crisp and, and really dead and, and really tight. So the racket that I brought with me had old poly strings in it. It was really mushy, uh, really loose. And I knew we didn't have any like super high-level players that were coming on this particular trip. So I just didn't go to the trouble of stringing my racket ahead of time. Just brought what I had handy. And so that was one thing that I was just not super comfortable with while I was on the court that entire week. Number two... These courts in Costa Rica that we use are really lively. They're super bouncy. Uh, The ball, it's a hard court surface, and the ball comes up off the courts a lot. And I learned tennis and developed mostly on indoor hard courts where the ball stayed very, very low. In Wisconsin, we're indoors a big chunk of the year. And in college, I played all my college tennis on really fast indoor hard courts as well. So most of my development has been on very fast surfaces where the ball stays super low. And this court surface is the opposite. And then number three, we opened up brand new balls for our students. So combining those things, the brand new balls, really bouncy new balls with the really lively bouncy courts with my mushy old poly racket face, the three things combined made me feel uncomfortable in general throughout the week. And then All of a sudden, on one day, it was Wednesday, I was helping Megan coach. She was kind of leading coaching in the afternoon and doing analysis and and stroke progressions with students, and I was kind of the helper on that court on this particular day. So I was helping with the iPad and video analysis. I was feeding. I was picking up balls. I was just 
making sure everything went really smoothly for Megan as she guided players through making technique changes. So she asked me to feed some volleys to a student. And I had the basket of balls there. I was on the service line. And the student was up against the net on the other side of the net. Megan was standing right next to the student to help guide them through this movement. And Megan had asked the student to stand there, put out their racket face, and just hold their racket there. They were working on feel. And Megan asked me to just go ahead and just hit a feed right to their racket so that they didn't have to move, so they didn't have to adjust their racket, so they didn't have to like move the racket really quick and, and set the, the racket up behind the ball. She wanted the ball to just come right to the racket. And all of a sudden, in that moment, I dropped the ball to feed, and I completely lost my feel for my feed. And in this moment where precision was super critical for the student, all of a sudden, I got tight, I got tense, I started getting the, the yips where I was like, Ugh, like uh, my, my wrist and hand were kind of like spasming, spasming and like kind of flipping out, and my feed went some were completely different than where I wanted it to go. Like not only did I did I not did I not hit the feed right to this person's racket, but it was like not even close. And you need to keep in mind that I've probably fed millions of balls in my life. I've been a full-time coach for over 20 years now. Tennis has been my life since I was 10 or 11 years old. It's quite possibly feeding been the thing that I've repeated the most in my entire life outside of walking or maybe eating or or drinking. And also, I'm very much like a feel-based player. I love stuff that depends on soft, you know, feel and touch. I'm much better at the net than I am back at the baseline. And so the combination of those things together, just kind of it being in my wheelhouse of skills and having fed so many times in my life, I'm a I'm a really good feeder. Like I'm I'm really confident in general that I can hit any given type or style of feed again and again and again, which is critical for a coach to have that that skill to be able to facilitate good training, good practice for their student. And in this moment, that all got wiped away. It all completely disappeared, and I lost my feel and my confidence in my feed. And all of a sudden, I didn't really know where the ball was going to go. After decades and millions of repetitions of hitting this type of shot. And so lesson number one, big takeaway here for you listening. It doesn't matter how many times you do something, you can still have an off day. And I just shared this story actually on on Facebook and a student left a, a story in the comments talking about how occasionally she'll be lining up to return a serve. And then all of a sudden, her hand just feels really foreign on the the grip. And she realizes that, oh, I don't, what grip am I supposed to have for my return to serve? And she looks down and she literally like forgets, like, what grip was I supposed to have? Oh no, I don't remember. And then all of a sudden the (laughs) serve gets hit and she has to like make it up as the ball is coming over. Because in that moment, her just, her mind just kind of blanks and all that repetition and all that muscle memory seems to kind of disappear. And I want you to know that's okay. That can happen to the most experienced player. That can happen no matter how many repetitions you put in. That can happen no matter what level you achieve in the game of tennis. There's no guarantee that your skills are always going to feel great. There's no guarantee that you can rely 100% 
on your training. Of course, the training is always going to be there. And ultimately, you can rely on it. But there will be moments where there's some doubt. There will be moments where there is discomfort. In this particular example, there was a bunch of different environmental things that just kind of were working against me. And for whatever reason, they all culminated in that that one moment, that that one super awkward, uncomfortable feed. And I had to figure out how to deal with it in that moment. And this has happened to me many times over the last 10, 20 years. This is not the first time it's happened to me. And so thankfully, for that reason, I was able to recover very quickly. And I think the solution comes down to three different things that are all very closely related. But these are three phrases that I wrote down that when this happens to me, and it, it's, I don't want to say it happens to me all the time, but it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for me to walk out onto a court and to have my forehand, my most confident shot generally, just kind of feel a little weird or a little bit off or uncomfortable. And I have to you know, work through that in the moment where in the past, I've completely lost my forehand swing for a month at a time, two different times. Once in high school, it happened, and once in college, it happened, where my biggest weapon, my strongest shot, my most confident swing, I all of a sudden lost complete feel for it, and it just like disappeared for like a month, and it just didn't come back <laughs> for weeks. I didn't know where it went. And all, all of the repetitions, like I had still logged those repetitions, all the skill that I had developed was still there somewhere. That quote unquote muscle memory was still there, but it just disappeared. And in the past, I believe it happened because of three different things. There's three different reminders here. I, if this happens to you, I, rather, let me, let me change that. When this happens to you, there's three things that I remind myself that are super important. Number one, When I feel that feeling, it's important for me that I don't take it seriously. I don't think, oh, oh, wow, this is some kind of indicator that everything's falling apart and this is how my forehand is about to feel for the rest of the day and the rest of the week and maybe the rest of my life. Who knows? Maybe it's completely disappearing. It's critical that I don't take it super seriously when I have a couple awkward feeling shots. Number two, It's critical for me that when I feel that awkward, off, uncomfortable, maybe jerky feeling, that I don't judge it. I don't feel that feeling in my hand anymore and think, oh, wow, that's terrible. Like, what does that that mean about me, like, as a player? Uh, Like, this must be some indication that something terrible is coming or that all those repetitions were worthless that I've done up until now. Like, it must mean that all those millions of feed repetitions that I've made all just got erased in an instant and they're gone. And I just completely, it's disappeared and that sort of thing. That kind of line of reasoning is the last thing that I want to go through my mind. And then thirdly, when I feel that feeling, it's critical that I don't tell myself that it means something about me as a player or as a coach. It'd be really easy for me to hit that super awkward feed, like completely away from where I wanted it to go. And in the back of my mind, as kind of a type A perfectionist type of person on the court, say, geez, am I even really a, a coach? Am I, how can I call myself like a, a good player? If I just can't even hit a feed to their racket, how can I call myself a good coach if when Megan asks me to hit a ball in this spot, I just I can't even hit that spot. 
Like, who am I to even make a podcast or make a video or, or take somebody's money and spend time with them on the court if I can't just execute a, this most simple skill in all of tennis coaching, just the feed, like just a drop feed. And so all three of those things are very closely related. Again, number one, I work hard to not take it seriously. Number two, I work hard to not judge myself based on that feeling. And number three, I work hard to not tell myself that it means something about me as a player or as a coach or, or about the future. Like what, what kind of slippery slope am I about to go down? And that's what used to happen. For me, I used to say, oh no, where, where's my feed? Where did it go? Like it just disappeared. And then that anxiety would lead to more mental tension and that additional mental tension would make the next feed feel even worse And when it felt worse, I'd be even more anxious and have even more intrepidation about it. And then I'd be more mentally tense. uh, I'm sorry, physically tense. And that mental, physical, like ping pong ball would go back and forth, back and forth. And I would completely freeze in the past. Now, I'm, I'm able to remain calm and realize that it's still there. It is still there. My training is still there. My repetition is still there. All that muscle memory is still there. And so my response is to smile and just kind of observe it, like notice what's happening, kind of laugh at myself a little bit that, wow, this is you know kind of funny that after all these years, like I can still lose something as basic as my feed and kind of shake out my hand, just relax, take a deep breath and just hit the next ball. Refocus my mind on the present moment instead of thinking about the past and how I have lost skills in in the past, quote-unquote lost skills in the past, or be super anxious about the future and think, wow, what if I just can't feed for the next half an hour? Like, what is what is Megan, what is this student going to think about me? Instead of allowing my mind to go to those places and further increase the tension of my body, I make a conscious effort to let go of that past or future focus, let go of the thoughts that want to head in those directions, not judge myself, not take it too seriously, give myself kind of a a smile or chuckle to myself, relax my hand, physically relax my hand, and just make the next swing without any kind of judgment of myself or what just happened. In the past, I would totally panic. Now, I understand. I have the perspective that this is part of tennis. I know it's going to come and it's going to go. Different shots are going to come and go in confidence. My feel, in particular, something as delicate as like touch or feel, there's going to be ebbs and flows. Uh, Ebbs and flows. It's kind of an awkward way of saying it. There's going to be an ebb and flow to the quality of something as delicate as that from day to day or hour to hour or repetition to repetition. And to the extent that you try to micromanage it, and as soon as it feels a little bit off, say, oh no, what's happening? As soon as you try to control everything, then that negative snowball starts to happen. So now, more than anything, I just observe it, I notice it, and instead of being worried about it, I just move on to the next repetition. Relax, Don't allow those past thoughts, future thoughts, and judgmental thoughts to take over. And I I just have the the ability to, I've seen it come and go dozens of times now over the years. And so it might sound like kind of a 
woo-woo kind of solution, but I believe firmly this is the solution. What you don't need is a technical fix. Like it, the the neurological pathways have all they, they've been laid. They're still there. They did not just evaporate. They did not just disappear. The only way that it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse is if you get in your own way. And that's what used to happen to me. And hopefully this quick story and the different thoughts and perspectives that I now have when it happens to me have been helpful to you. Hopefully they give you a little bit different mindset or perspective about when it might happen to you. And it will happen to you. And it happens to all of us day by day by day to to varying degrees. So in that moment with Megan... I did exactly what I just described. Internally, I kind of laughed at myself, realized that it's just kind of a funny like situation. (laughs) I relaxed my hand and just went one repetition at a time. And five minutes, ten minutes later, like I I was completely back at ease again. Whereas in the past, it might have been a half an hour or an hour or the rest of the trip. Maybe my feed would have just totally been in my head. And wouldn't have been able to let it go and just relax. And I think to the extent you can let it go and relax is how quickly you'll be able to bounce back. Hopefully that's helpful. Thank you for listening today. And if you'd like guidance from me and the rest of the team on your tennis game, please go to EssentialTennis.com. Click on the tab that says Coaching. Check out what we have available. You can also send me an email to Ian. That's I-A-N at EssentialTennis.com if you want to find out what we have available. Thank you for listening today. I'll talk to you again next time. Welcome to episode number 352 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the time that my tennis feel completely disappeared. And I'm also going to give you the solution and how I've learned how to deal with this happening. This is not the only time it's happened. In in fact, it's happened to me many times in the last several decades, sometimes very dramatically. And I've learned how to keep it from being dramatic and instead bounce back very quickly, now within a matter of like minutes. And so I'd love to share with you how I've made that possible for myself because I know a lot of players out there struggle with losing confidence in a shot or losing their feel for a shot. Maybe you've heard of the phrase having the the yips. All of a sudden there starts to be like a a quick like jagged edge or rough kind of corner to a stroke that's normally super smooth and confident and you totally lose your confidence in the shot. So this happened to me most recently, just a couple weeks ago, when we were in Costa Rica with students for a week. It was five days in a row of coaching, all day, every day, Monday through Friday, with with six students. And the environment there, for me, kind of lends itself to being kind of uncomfortable in the first place for, for three different reasons. Three different things were kind of working against me, being comfortable on the court relative to what I'm normally used to or comfortable with. First, the the racket that I took, I I really like full polyester string beds. I like really uh, dead, very kind of tight racket face feel. So I I, I hate synthetic gut. I hate anything that's like softer. I I like my string face to be really crisp and and really dead and, and really tight. So the racket that I brought with me had old poly strings in it. It was really mushy, uh, really loose. And I knew we didn't have any 
like super high level players that were coming on this particular trip. So I just didn't go to the trouble of stringing my racket ahead of time, just brought what I had handy. And so that was one thing that I was just not super comfortable with while I was on the court that entire week. Number two, these courts in Costa Rica that we use are really lively. They're super bouncy. Uh, the ball, it's a hard court surface and the ball comes up off the courts a lot. And I learned tennis and developed mostly on indoor hard courts where the ball stayed very, very low. In Wisconsin, we're indoors a big chunk of the year. And in college, I played all my college tennis on really fast indoor hard courts as well. So most of my development has been on very fast surfaces where the ball stays super low. And this court surface is the opposite. And then number three, we opened up brand new balls for our students. So combining those things, the brand new balls, really bouncy new balls with the really lively bouncy courts with my mushy old poly racket face, the three things combined made me feel uncomfortable in general throughout the week. And then all of a sudden on one day, it was Wednesday, I was helping Megan coach she was kind of leading coaching in the afternoon and doing analysis and, and stroke progressions with students. And I was kind of the helper on that court on this particular day. So I was helping with the iPad and video analysis. I was feeding. I was picking up balls. I was just making sure everything went really smoothly for Megan as she guided players through making technique changes. So she asked me to feed some volleys to a student. And I had the basket of balls there. I was on the service line. And the student was up against the net on the other side of the net. Megan was standing right next to the student to help guide them through this movement. And Megan had asked the student to stand there, put out their racket face, and just hold their racket there. They were working on feel. And Megan asked me to just go ahead and just hit a feed right to their racket so that they didn't have to move, so they didn't have to adjust their racket, so they didn't have to like move the racket really quick and, and set the, the racket up behind the ball. She wanted the ball to just come right to the racket. And all of a sudden, in that moment, I dropped the ball to feed, and I completely lost my feel for my feed. And in this moment where precision was super critical for the student, all of a sudden, I got tight, I got tense, I started getting the, the yips where I was like, Ugh, like uh, my, my wrist and hand were kind of like spasming, spasming and like kind of flipping out, and my feed went some were completely different than where I wanted it to go. Like not only did I did I not did I not hit the feed right to this person's racket, but it was like not even close. And you need to keep in mind that I've probably fed millions of balls in my life. I've been a full-time coach for over 20 years now. Tennis has been my life since I was 10 or 11 years old. It's quite possibly feeding been the thing that I've repeated the most in my entire life outside of walking or maybe eating or, or drinking. And also, I'm very much like a feel-based player. I love stuff that depends on soft you know, feel and touch. I'm much better at the net than I am back at the baseline. And so the combination of those things together, just kind of it being in my wheelhouse of skills and having fed so many times in my life, I'm a, I'm a really good feeder. Like I'm, I'm really confident in general that I can hit any given type or style of feed again and again and again, which is critical for a coach to have that, that skill, to be able to facilitate good training, good practice for their student. 
And in this moment, that all got wiped away. It all completely disappeared. And I lost my feel and my confidence in my feed. And all of a sudden, I didn't really know where the ball was going to go. After decades and millions of repetitions of hitting this type of shot. And so lesson number one, big takeaway here for you listening. It doesn't matter how many times you do something, you can still have an off day. And I just shared this story actually on on Facebook and a student left a, a story in the comments talking about how occasionally she'll be lining up to return a serve and then all of a sudden her hand just feels really foreign on the the grip and she realizes that oh I don't what grip am I supposed to have for my return to serve and she looks down and she literally like forgets like what grip was I supposed to have oh no I don't remember and then all of a sudden the serve gets hit and she has to like make it up as the ball is coming over because in that moment her just her mind just kind of blanks and all that repetition and all that muscle memory seems to kind of disappear and i want you to know that's okay that can happen to the most experienced player. That can happen no matter how many repetitions you put in. That can happen no matter what level you achieve in the game of tennis. There's no guarantee that your skills are always going to feel great. There's no guarantee that you can rely 100% on your training. Of course, the training's always going to be there, and ultimately you can rely on it. But there will be moments where there's some doubt. There will be moments where there is discomfort. In this particular example, there was a bunch of different environmental things that just kind of were working against me. And for whatever reason, they all culminated in that that one moment, that that one super awkward, uncomfortable feed. And I had to figure out how to deal with it in that moment. And this has happened to me many times over the last 10, 20 years. This is not the first time it's happened to me. And so thankfully, for that reason, I was able to recover very quickly. And I think the solution comes down to three different things that are all very closely related. But these are three phrases that I wrote down that when this happens to me, and it is, I don't want to say it happens to me all the time, but it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for me to walk out onto a court and to have my forehand, my most confident shot generally, just kind of feel a little weird or a little bit off or uncomfortable. And I have to you know work through that in the moment where in the past, I've completely lost my forehand swing for a month at a time, two different times. Once in high school, it happened, and once in college, it happened. Where my biggest weapon, my strongest shot, my most confident swing, I all of a sudden lost complete feel for it, and it just like disappeared for like a month. And it just didn't come back <laughs> for weeks. I didn't know where it went. And all, all of the repetitions, like I had still logged those repetitions, all the skill that I had developed was still there somewhere. That quote unquote muscle memory was still there, but it just disappeared. And in the past, I believe it happened because of three different things. There's three different reminders here. I, if this happens to you, I, rather, let me, let me change that. When this happens to you, there's three things that I remind myself that are super important. Number one, when I feel that feeling, it's important for me that I don't take it seriously. I don't think, 
oh, oh, wow, this is some kind of indicator that everything's falling apart. And this is how my forehand is about to feel for the rest of the day and the rest of the week and maybe the rest of my life. Who knows? Maybe it's completely disappearing. It's critical that I don't take it super seriously when I have a couple awkward feeling shots. Number two, it's critical for me that when I feel that awkward, off, uncomfortable, maybe jerky feeling, that I don't judge it. I don't feel that feeling in my hand anymore and think, oh, wow, that's terrible. Like, what, what, is that, what does that mean about me like as a player? Uh, like, it, it, there, this must be some indication that something terrible is coming or that all those repetitions were worthless that I've done up until now. Like, it must mean that all those millions of feed repetitions that I've made all just got erased in an instant and they're gone. And I just completely, it's, it disappeared and that sort of thing. That kind of line of reasoning is the last thing that I want to go through my mind. And then thirdly, when I feel that feeling, it's critical that I don't tell myself that it means something about me as a player or as a coach. It'd be really easy for me to hit that super awkward feed, like completely away from where I wanted it to go. And in the back of my mind, as kind of a type A perfectionist type of person on the court, say, geez, am I even really a, a coach? Am I, how can I call myself like a, a good player if I just can't even hit a feed to their racket, how can I call myself a good coach if when Megan asks me to hit a ball in this spot, I just I can't even hit that spot? Like, who am I to even make a podcast or make a video or, or take somebody's money and spend time with them on the court if I can't just execute this most simple skill in all of tennis coaching, just the feed, like just a drop feed? And so all three of those things are very closely related. Again, number one, I work hard to not take it seriously. Number two, I work hard to not judge myself based on that feeling. And number three, I work hard to not tell myself that it means something about me as a player or as a coach or, or about the future. Like what, what kind of slippery slope am I about to go down? And that's what used to happen. For me, I used to say, oh no, where, where's my feed? Where did it go? Like it just disappeared. And then that anxiety would lead to more mental tension, and that additional mental tension would make the next feed feel even worse. And when it felt worse, I'd be even more anxious and have even more intrepidation about it, and then I'd be more mentally tense, I'm sorry, physically tense, and that mental, physical, like, ping pong ball would go back and forth, back and forth, and I would completely freeze in the past. Now... I'm I'm able to remain calm and realize that it's still that it is still there. My training is still there, my repetition is still there, all that muscle memory is still there. And so my response is to smile and just kind of observe it, like notice what's happening, kind of laugh at myself a little bit that wow, this is, you know, kind of funny that after all these years, like I can still lose something as basic as my feed. And kind of shake out my hand, just relax, take a deep breath, and just hit the next ball. Refocus my mind on the present moment instead of thinking about the past and how I have lost skills in in the past, quote-unquote lost skills in the past, or be super anxious about the future and think, wow, what if I just can't feed for the next half an hour? Like, what is is Megan, what is this student going to think about me? Instead of allowing my mind to go to those places and further increase the tension of my body, 
I make a conscious effort to let go of that past or future focus, let go of the thoughts that I want to head in those directions, not judge myself, not take it too seriously, give myself kind of a, a smile or chuckle to myself, relax my hand, physically relax my hand, and just make the next swing without any kind of judgment of myself or what just happened. In the past, I would totally panic. Now, I understand. I have the perspective that this is part of tennis. I know it's going to come and it's going to go. Different shots are going to come and go in confidence. My feel, in particular, something as delicate as like touch or feel, there's going to be ebbs and flows. Uh, Ebbs and flows. It's kind of an awkward way of saying it. There's going to be an ebb and flow to the quality of something as delicate as that from day to day or hour to hour or repetition to repetition. And to the extent that you try to micromanage it, and as soon as it feels a little bit off, say, oh no, what's happening? As soon as you try to control everything, then that negative snowball starts to happen. So now, more than anything, I just observe it, I notice it, and instead of being worried about it, I just move on to the next repetition. Relax, don't allow those past thoughts, future thoughts, and judgmental thoughts to take over. And I, I just have the, the ability to, I, I've seen it come and go dozens of times now over the years. And so it might sound like kind of a woo-woo kind of solution, but I believe firmly this is the solution. What you don't need is a technical fix. Like it, the, the neurological pathways have all, they, they've been laid. They're still there. They did not just evaporate. They did not just disappear. The only way that it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse is if you get in your own way. And that's what used to happen to me. And hopefully this quick story and the different thoughts and perspectives that I now have when it happens to me have been helpful to you. Hopefully they give you a little bit different mindset or perspective about when it might happen to you. And it will happen to you. And it happens to all of us day by day by day to to varying degrees. So in that moment with Megan, I did exactly what I just described. Internally, I kind of laughed at myself, realized that it's just kind of a funny like situation (laughs) I relaxed my hand and just went one repetition at a time. And five minutes, 10 minutes later, like she, I, I was completely back at ease again. Whereas in the past, it might have been a half an hour or an hour or the rest of the trip. Maybe my feed would have just totally been in my head and wouldn't have been able to let it go and just relax. And I think to the extent you can let it go and relax is how quickly you'll be able to bounce back. Hopefully that's helpful. Thank you for listening today. And if you'd like guidance from me and the rest of the team on your tennis game, please go to EssentialTennis.com. Click on the tab that says Coaching. Check out what we have available. You can also send me an email to Ian, that's I-A-N, at EssentialTennis.com if you want to find out what we have available. Thank you for listening today. I'll talk to you again next time. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care. 
and good luck with your tennis.